Hello, gardeners, farmers, compost enthusiasts, and growers. Welcome to The Healthy Garden, the show where soil is important and growing a healthier world is job one. Hello, home composters. This is Norma Bonilla filling in for Randy Ritchie, who just finished up at the Pacific Northwest Flower and Garden Show in Washington, and I am here to take his place this week to talk about how to make great compost in episode number 24. But don't fret, even though it's just me and not Randy, this is a great topic that I know a lot about. I've been doing it on and off for the past 10 years. And in the last eight years, I've been doing it three times a week, every single week. I've learned so much, and I also am still learning because this beautiful art of composting is so diverse. Every type is different, and every property is different. Many people are composting, but not many are making good aerobic compost full of actively diverse biology. Many times it turns out to be black, aerobic, mushy, smelly, even runny gook that no garden wants. Some of the reasons why home composters end up with this type of compost is because, one, they don't know what good finished compost should look or smell like in the first place. Two, they don't know the ratios that are needed to make great types of compost. Three, they don't have all the inputs that are needed. Or four, they get lazy, tired, and quit halfway through it. If you're any one of these people, stick around to learn the ancient and lost art of home composting. Did you know that Malibu Compost has a compost tea for growing fruits and vegetables? They do. And if you're growing tomatoes this year, you can grow the hardiest, largest heirloom tomatoes ever with their compost tea for fruits, vegetables, and tomatoes. Go to MalibuCompost.com to get yours today.
every leaf surface, every stick, every flower, everything living has biology on it and has different types of biology. Biology that sends out acid that creates acidic, more fungal compost, or biology that is bacterial in nature and that creates bacterial compost. Green trimmings and kitchen scraps will have more nitrogen than carbon in them. And brown sticks, brown leaves that fall off the plants in the fall will have more carbon in them than nitrogen. Nitrogen is what heats up the compost because it has bacteria on it and the actions of the bacteria breaking down the compost is what creates the heat in a pile. There are also items that are high in nitrogen, such as cow manure, horse manure, all different types of manure, grasses, and even sycamore leaves. If you have a pile with only nitrogen in it, then you're going to have a very hot, gooky, steamy, smelly pile that will go anaerobic very soon, which you will probably have to turn two or three times a day. (laughs) So the key is to add as much carbon into the pile as possible to cool off and balance the ratio of the nitrogen that you have in your pile from your home. Carbon is the cooler material that cools piles. And if you're composting only carbon, you're never going to be finished. But when you have a great percentage, just the right percentage of carbon to nitrogen in the pile, you will create beautiful, fluffy, good earth-smelling compost that is a 70% cocoa chocolate-colored brown, not black. Also, the longer that you leave that great ratio pile in play, the more fungal it will become. There are some things that you really shouldn't put into the compost bins at home, like meat and fish and eggs and poultry scraps and dairy products and fats and grease, oils. Um, They produce a lot of odor problems and pests. And also, you don't really want to put diseased or insect-ridden plants into your piles. Because those diseases, depending on what type of method you're going to use for composting, will not be burned off during the composting process and could affect your plants when you compost and set set the compost out in your garden. Speaking of methods, we're going to talk about two different methods that I like to use in composting at home, and that is static composting and thermophilic composting. Static composting will be discussed in this podcast, and thermophilic composting will have to be discussed in a separate podcast in part two of how to make great compost. 
I have a secret that I'm going to share with you. Malibu Compost is going to be releasing a new product this year in 2020. Boo's Beginnings Seed Starter. Look for it online at malibucompost.com soon. The materials that you have on your property and that you use up will determine the type of method that you're going to be using. If you have a lot of high nitrogen around you, like grasses, sycamore trees, cow manure, (laughs) you're going to want to use a thermophilic composting method. But if you just have kitchen scraps and some yard trimmings that you or your gardener trim up each week or each month, then you're going to want to use the static method. For an average size family, you want to use two bins on your property. And the bins should be a minimum of three feet wide by three feet deep by three feet high. The best bins are the ones that allow air through them, throughout the bin. The ones from the city that you can get that are typically black and they're plastic and there's just holes at the bottom and you twist the top open. Number one, they're not big enough for the mass to be able to uh, compost your material in the fastest way possible because of the small volume that they have. Number two, there's not much air, so you're pretty much going to get anaerobic compost from those. But the ones that we like to make out of wood on the edges and quarter-inch wire hardware cloth are the best ones. So the hardware cloth would be on the sides and the lid of the compost bins and the lid would have hinges so that you can open 
and then close after inserting the materials. The first thing that you want to do after building your bins is get a large open canister or a big trash can that you can put right next to it to store all your carbon from the property onto. Make sure that it's all organic materials. Uh, don't let anyone use any chemicals or pesticides on the property. And when the leaves fall off from all the fall from all the fall plants and trees, use all those leaves to put into that empty trash can next to your bins. That will serve as a source of carbon. When composting with the static method, I like to use a 50% nitrogen and 50% carbon ratio. I find that it makes beautiful, gorgeous compost. And it's very nicely balanced for all of the plants on the property. The smaller that you cut up your materials, the quicker that your pile will be done. Okay, so you have your two bins next to each other, your carbon storage bin next to those, and you're ready to go now. You're going to start by putting a two-inch layer of carbon at the base of your bin. Each time that you add to the pile, you're going to be closing the lid on top. So every day or every few days or every week, depending on your family and their consumption, you're going to be going out to the piles with greens chopped up and you're going to open the lid, spread out the greens at the base of the pile on top of the carbon down there. And then that same exact amount, quantity of greens that you put out that day, you need to get that exact amount of carbon in volume to put on top and spread over the greens. When you're done adding the greens and the carbon on top of the greens, you add water to the top of that. Then you close the lid and the next time you come out, you do the same thing. You set out chopped up greens throughout the pile at the base horizontally and spread out as much as you can. And then you put that same amount of carbon from your bin, your, your carbon bin next to it on top of the greens that you set out. And then you water it. So it's kind of like layering greens and browns, greens and browns, the same amount. And you always end with the carbon on top at the end of setting it out that day. Because if you let the greens be on top and don't cover them, you're going to get a lot of little flies that come and gnats that come and they start to lay eggs. So you want to finish it with uh, carbon on top. And then you put water on that because what we're doing is carbon takes a long time to absorb the moisture and the greens don't, but the carbon does. So if you start watering the pile as you set it out, you're going to have a lot more moist carbon rather than very dry carbon in the pile. And with static piles, you don't turn them, you leave them until they're done 
which usually takes six to nine months. If you have a lot of greens coming out of your property on one particular day, make sure that the green layer is not more than one inch thick and then add an inch of carbon on top and then another inch of greens on top of that and another inch of carbon on top of that until all your greens are used up. The reason why this is important is because the greens have a lot of moisture in them and as they break down, if there's too many together, it creates that anaerobic guck in your pile. And remember, we're not mixing or turning this static pile. We're just leaving it there. And so we have to make sure that the ratio of 50% greens and 50% carbon is kept intact. By the time you're done filling your pile up to the top, you stop filling it and you put a sign that says closed because most people, they continue to fill it at the top while the bottom is uh, practically finished. And as they water on top, when they keep filling, the water keeps trickling down to the almost done compost at the bottom that doesn't really need water anymore. That's how you get the yucky muck. So you close the bin, cover it so that all sides of the bin are covered, and you put a sign on the top that says closed. Then you start filling the other bin that is empty next to it. And you do the same thing with that bin and six months later, you will see that the bin that you started first will be finished and ready to set out. And now you've got a system where every six months, one bin will be ready to set out and the other bin will be just finished. One other thing about the static composting, once a month when the pile is closed, it's good to soak it on top really well in case there are dry sides or the top part usually gets dry and so that it'll keep the moisture in so that the microbes can continue to do their work. So static piles don't ever really get as hot as thermophilic piles because the nitrogen sources aren't as high in nitrogen. Okay, so maybe a composting podcast is not as exciting as other podcasts that Randy's done. <laughs> but it's a topic that I love and that I love to do. And I hope you've learned something that you could use for the rest of your life. Because for me, I believe that composting is the most important thing that we can do in our life to sustain us and to help us to continue to grow the soil so that we can live off our land and grow the healthiest food possible. That concludes this episode of the Healthy Garden Podcast. 
Please post your questions on the Healthy Garden Podcast pages on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Join us next week to learn more about how you can free yourself from the chemical and synthetic trap that's been set to keep you from growing a true, organic, and healthy garden. Until then, happy and healthy gardening.